0: What's going on guys? Welcome to another episode of Eastern Current. Super excited about this little series we're going to do. It's going to be called um, the Weekend Warrior Series. And so we're going to bring on guys that aren't fishing guides, but um, guys that get it done, that catch a lot of fish and they have small amounts of time that they get to do it. And so I think uh, hearing the opinion and the strategies and the tactics of someone who has, you know, just the weekend of fish and is still going out and being productive uh, is probably more valuable than hearing, um, you know, the strategies of someone who's out there on the water every day. If you can get it done, on a Saturday, and that's the only day you get to fish. I want to hear how you're doing it. So, um, it's going to be a cool series, and these are going to be just on YouTube and just on the podcast platforms. This won't be on Facebook. So, um, just go check them out there. And thank you all for tuning into it. But today we've got a really cool guest, Connor Bachman. I was able to fish with him um, this past summer. Him and his brother, and we had a good day catching some. Uh, I think we caught some redfish and some trout together uh, in the Cape Fear River. But he's been absolutely smoking the trout up on the Noose River and um, you know, the lower reaches of the Pamlico sound. And so I'm excited to bring him on for this episode and I'm going to go ahead and flip over to his camera so y'all can see him. What's up, Connor?
1: How are you doing guys? What's going on,
0: man? Thank you so much for coming on. Um, I I was like, I was saying, you've, uh, you've been impressing me with the, uh, with the pictures and the, and the the, smacking the trout lately. Oh yeah, man. It's,
1: it's been a, it's been a killer year. Um, you know, it's, you know, we haven't had a hurricane, any crazy weather, any freezes or anything. So, uh, it's been a really, really good year. The trout bite's been hot. Um, so, you know, like you said, you know, weekend warrior, that's kind of how i how I roll. I work Monday through Friday. So the weekends I'm hitting the water as much as I can. I'm sure. um, trying to get the best of this trout bite.
0: Definitely. So I, I heard you saying that, you know, we haven't had any freezes and there's been no like big floods or anything like that. Do you think yeah. that is the key to, you know, why the season's been so good? Do you think it has anything to do with the, uh, the kind of sanctuary up there where there's no gill netting anymore? Um,
1: Uh, yeah, I definitely think, you know, the gill netting and stuff helps. Um, the main thing though, really, from what I've seen, I went to ECU, um, you know, spent four and a half, five years there. So I got to kind of see, you know, the commercial fishing side as well as, you know, the natural environment side of things. Um, you know, both play a big role. But, um, from what I saw, I think it was probably three, three years ago, we had a heavy freeze. Um, Killed a lot of fish, which was really, really tough on the fishing the, the year after. Um, and, you know, like I said, it's been so warm the past two years since then, I've, we've really noticed a huge, huge increase in the amount of fish uh, that we've been catching, uh, especially the size of fish, yeah. since that freeze. Um, haven't had really anything to kill the fish um, since then, naturally-wise, so it's just, I mean, it's been... A- exploding so
0: for sure I I I think one of the one of the cool things too um, that I've realized well I wouldn't necessarily say cool thing but um, I was having this conversation with a guide buddy Ray Britton um, who he, Uh he predominantly guides on the New River and so you know the whole state has seen an incredible year for trout this year but New River has been netted so hard and and I'm you know I'm just I'm just sharing what I've seen Um, and it seems like that population this year, like in the fall was just as strong as the Noose river and, you know, we're catching lots of fish very consistently, but now on the good days that, you know, the weather's right prefrontal, you know, you got a new moon or full moon and the the bite should be really good. An excellent day is like 15, 20 trout where it was like 70 to a hundred trout. You hear of the guys up there in those areas where, you know, there's less commercial pressure um, still, still having those numbers of quality fish. And I don't think that's a coincidence and I'm not saying that this is your opinion either. This is just me talking here. Like, right. Um, but, but yeah, I think, I think there could be, I I was just having that conversation with him the other day and it was, to me, it's cool to see that that little area is still being so productive. It's an area, you know, with less fish being taken out of the waters for the most part.
1: Oh, no doubt. And I, you know, like I said, I think both, you know, play a big role, um, as far as, you know, the commercial fishing goes, you know, as you take that pressure out, you know, that obviously your fishing is going to increase. Um, and then, you know, your natural disasters and things as well. Um, and, uh, you know, I found, you know, if, if the state can figure out a way to manage, you can't really manage the national di- natural disasters. Right. Um, but if you can manage one of the two, I think we'll see an increase every year. For you know sure. what I'm saying? For, yeah, it's, yeah. It seems
0: like the natural disasters in, in their own, like freezes and floods, you know, that's almost enough on the trout population itself. Apart yeah, no from doubt. The recreational anglers and the commercial anglers to like, yeah. they, they, they see a lot and, and wreck anglers do a lot of damage too. I mean, a mirror lure is a pretty darn effective, uh,
1: Oh, Super you got that right.
0: To trout out of the water. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, cool, man. So give me your kind of backstory. I want to hear how you got into fishing and, and you know, how it's progressed to where you are now. And we've had conversations yeah. recently about, you know, you want to taking it even further. So, so give me that whole, that whole kind of,
1: kind of, uh, uh, yeah. So I grew up, uh, kind of in the Piedmont area, Greensboro, um, you know, grew up, my dad introduced me to fishing at a young age. Uh, you know, grew up just pond fishing, fishing on local lakes around Greensboro, um, and that was, you know, panfish, bass, crappy, things like that. Um, and really probably, I say I probably got into like the inshore saltwater fishing, probably, shoot, I would say around middle school, I started fishing, um, with my uncle a lot more. He spent a lot of time at the coast, um, up in the Chesapeake Bay area. And then, you know, just up and down the coast of North Carolina, um, And that's really when I got introduced to the saltwater fishing um, and was hooked ever since. You know, I did a lot, I didn't do a whole lot of trout fishing growing up. It was more so striped bass, flounder. um, And then once I kind of made my way down to ECU, uh, got in pretty well connected with a couple of buddies down there um, and just started spending a lot more time kind of in that brackish water in those estuary areas um, and, you know, found out about trout fishing, found out about the red fishing down there, the flounder fishing, um, and just, I mean, from then on, you know, addicted to it. It's it's been just a, a passion of mine since then. So, um, I don't know. I can't get enough of it, man. You know, spending time in school down there. I I would say I would probably my parents probably hated it, but I'd probably spend four or five days a week fishing as much as I could. Um, right. As soon as I got out of class, in the water, um, and it's just. I don't know. There's, I can't really, it's hard to explain it, to be honest. Yeah. When when I love it, you know?
0: Yeah. That's super cool, man. And ACU is just right there in the, in the heart of some really cool fishing and some of what oh, North Carolina has, I mean, in the heart of like some true estuaries and, and, and different kind of fisheries that really only North yeah. Carolina has to offer, you know, that style, Oh, for sure. Of those tributaries along the Pamlico and, and all that.
1: Yeah. And I feel like it's kind of, um. It's almost like a well-kept secret. I mean, you know, a lot of people know about it, but it's not as well-known as you would think it is. You know, it's not uh, – I mean, it's not like a vacation destination no. like a lot of the coast is. But it's got some of the best – personally, I think probably some of the best fishing in the country when the timing is right. Oh, I'd agree. Um, not a lot of people talk about it.
0: Well, you look at some of these other places, I mean, the Florida Keys is one thing. It's tropical, beautiful. But I think of Louisiana. Or like yeah. Biloxi, Mississippi in that marsh area where it's not necessarily, well, I think, think of like Hopedale and Venice and Empire and all those areas along the peninsula of the Mississippi River there that, you know, no one's going there except for fishing and hunting, but it's become this destination because of that. Yeah. And I feel like the Pamlico Sound, you know, with a little bit of movement in the right direction could be that. I mean, I think oh, that it 100%. would, I think the trout fishing could be better than Texas just with the the water quality and, and, I mean if those fish could get as big as Texas and the numbers of them, it would be, I mean, maybe I'm crazy, but I just, I really think it could be.
1: No, I mean, Texas. I agree a hundred percent, man. If it's managed right and things, you know, kind of go the right way, I think it could be some of the best. I mean, if not, you know, top two or three best destinations in the country to catch those big speckled For trout. Sure. I mean, you're already catching, uh, I mean, nice fish down there. I mean, a five pounder is especially this year i mean it's not uncommon to catch a five or six pounder down there yeah um but you know if it's managed right i think going up and beyond that is well within its aspects of it oh, certainly sure.
0: and, and and not even the, the trout aside but the the redfish and the size of the redfish we have here in north carolina um is oh, yeah. is incredible and and that fishery you know it, it's a it's a beach fishery during the summer but when those fish come into the into that sound it's just um, uh, it's pretty incredible. And, and the average oh, yeah. size too, of the big red fish in that area that you fish, you know, going from Louisiana where like, you're really pushing for that 30, 35 pound fish. That's like a yeah. trophy down there to where like a 55, 65 pound redfish is, is, you know, you could catch one any day in North Carolina that time of year.
1: Oh, for sure, man. It's crazy.
0: Do you do a good bit of the, the, the old drum as well, or mostly just the um,
1: fishing? I've done a, I've done a, some of it. Um, you know, going to school down there I didn't really have the setup for it yeah. um with my boat um I've been fishing a smaller boat I've honestly fish a little 16 foot john boat with a 30 horse jet motor on the back um I
0: didn't know you had a so, jet that's awesome
1: oh yeah so it's a uh, it's kind of limited as far as you know doing some of the big water fishing out there I've managed to you know on some calm days do a little bit of it yeah. but um I've been kind of limited to kind of staying in the creeks and stuff for the most part you know trout fishing and then um like August September sometimes you know the the slot fish the slot drum will come in so I'll hit those pretty hard as in the flounder fishing when we've had seasons we'll catch those as well for sure
0: for sure so let's let's talk about the trout a little bit i mean i honestly yeah. i think i could do every single eastern current episode about trout fishing and like yeah. any, and and people would be more entertained by that than anything else i mean everyone is obsessed with trout and i think it's because they're like a largemouth bass. Like there's so many ways to catch them. They do so many different yeah. things and they can, you know, one day they can be eating everything you put in the water. The next day they might only want like a, you know, a pink MR 17 twitched every right. 15 seconds, you know? Yeah. They're, they're just, they're, they're so, they're just crazy. They're annoying, but they're also awesome. But tell me, uh, tell me about your trout fishery there and kind of how you target those. Well, just tell me about that area and those, you know, where those trout kind of live and in the areas you fish.
1: Oh man, the trout fishing there is insane. Um, there's a from what I've seen and you know what I've read and stuff. There's quite a large population that lives. I mean, lives in those rivers. Yeah. Um, they, a lot of fish migrate in and out, but and a lot of you're fish mostly in the Noose and the Pamlico. Pamlico most.
0: Pamlico most. Okay. Okay.
1: Yeah. Um, and so what I have found, you know, a lot of fish migrate, but majority of those fish that you know we see live in that river system. Um, and you know, depending on the time of year, is kind of where you catch them. You know, this time of year, the winter months they're obviously gonna be farther up the river, farther backs in those creeks and some deeper water. Um, and then as things warm up, you know, they'll move farther out in the mouths of the rivers um, and in the mouths of those creeks and a little bit shallower water. Um, but really for this time of year, um, you know, hitting it on the weekends, as long as from what I've seen so far, as long as those water temps are kind of staying in that uh, above really the 50 degree mark, Yeah. um, I've found so far this year, a lot of my fish have been in that five to seven foot of water. Occasionally you'll catch them in that three to four foot of water. Um, but as, like I said, as long as that water temp stay above 50, we're catching majority of the fish in the five to seven. Um, and biggest thing really I've, from the most success I've had so far is on the mr 17s. I know everybody fishes them. Um, and to be honest with you, I, before the past recent years i've hated M 17 i'll be honest with you uh they're you gotta fish them slow uh to me personally they're a boring bait i've always grown up you know throwing jig heads and a paddle tail um and occasionally throwing a paul brown um but this the past few years has made me a huge believer in the mr 17 yeah. um and really this year just been crushing fish on them i've got a couple of baits here i'll show y'all that are c- a couple of my favorites awesome. um the little tiny trout, I don't know if I can see that all right. Oh, yeah, that's perfect. Tiny trout with the sea eyes. Um, probably the best bait so far this year. The water's been pretty clear. We, I mean, we've had a, a decent amount of rain the past, you know, three to four weeks. Um, but uh, other than that, the water stayed pretty clear, so that color has been a huge hit. And then when the water's darkened up, you know, I've gone to some darker colors. Uh, I don't know the specific name of this one. This is more of a green pattern. I've seen CIs. that one. I've
0: never fished that, but I like that pattern a lot.
1: Yeah, it's been a good color in the river. Um, it's a little bit darker. It's more of a green. It probably looks a little bit silver in my uh, computer light, but it's a pretty, pretty heavy green, green tint to it. Um, both those colors have probably been my go-tos. Another one I've been using is like the Mardi Gras color. It's the pink back. Um, but the thing I can preach to most guys you know, that are fishing in 17s, you're not having much luck, um, slow down is the key to Definitely. it um you know it's the reason i hated it is a boring bait to fish sometimes but you the know way a they lot eat of times it,
0: though is not boring
1: oh no <laughs> when they hit one you better have a good t- good grip on your rod man because they'll throw it, they'll rip it right out oh, of your yeah. hand especially you know a 20 plus inch fish he's gonna let you know when he's he gonna it. let
0: you know for sure
1: um so you know I, a lot of times when i'm fishing one shoot man i'll give it a freaking seven or eight count at times you know twitch twitch count to seven or eight twitch twitch because, um, I mean, those baits sink so slow that they, I mean, you can fish, uh, fish it in five foot of water and count to 20, and it's not going to hit the bottom. Yeah, yeah. Um, Which is kind of the key to it, I've found, is it stays in the strike zone a lot longer. Um, you know, fishing a Paul Brown, they sink a little bit faster, and this time of year, especially when your fish are pretty lethargic in that cold water, you're, from what I've seen, the Paul Brown, not catching quite as many fish because it sinks a little faster. It yeah. doesn't stay in that strike zone as long. Um, yeah, you've got to slow so, it down, or you know, to the yeah. the
0: speed of a mirror lure. And if you do, it's on the bottom. Is what you're saying.
1: Bottom, yeah. and yes, yeah, so you're not getting as many bites with it. Um, but the Paul Browns, I'm usually catching a lot more fish on earlier in the fall. Water temps are still warm, yeah. um, and you can fish a little faster, and the fish are smoking it as well.
0: So one thing that I found too when fishing those types of areas. Uh, Mm
1: Um,
0: and, and trying to do, you know, figure out where the fish are quickly is maybe not necessarily looking for all the bites right off the bat, but like, like finding a bait that I can work a little quicker and work through an area until I get a bite and then pick up the lures and pick that apart. Is that something you do as well?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, and glad you brought that point up. So first thing, first thing when I'm getting out in the morning, um, you know, this time of year, especially I'm going to hang back in the Creek a little bit um and kind of just slowly cruise the banks if i see bait flipping um that's usually a good sign there's a lot of fish in the area i'll immediately throw an mr 17 um but if i'm not seeing a lot of bait on my depth finder or flipping in the water um like you said i'll normally throw an eighth ounce jig head with like a doa i've got one right here it's a key lime color that's one of my go-tos um eighth ounce in that five to seven foot of water i found you can fish it you can fish it quick enough to where you can keep it off the bottom but also, you can slow it down enough to where it's. You can still get good strikes on yeah, it. Yeah,
0: no, I'm saying definitely.
1: Um, so, I'll fish that. It's a little bit quicker than an MR17, and I can if you know if I get a bite or two here and there, I'll slow down, throw the MR17, and fish us area really hard yeah, with that. Yeah. Um, and but I'm, like you said, you know, if I'm not seeing bait flip, I'm gonna throw that paddle tail. Um, until I get a couple bites, and then slow down and fish that area really hard.
0: For sure. So. Tell me this. This time of year, are you finding more fish way back in the creeks or are any of anything throughout the whole creek at the right depth? Can you find fish in, in all of it or are you seeing um, more of them pushed pretty far back?
1: Majority of the fish are going to be farther back. Okay. Um, I mean, I've caught some fish farther towards the mouths of the creeks in the right depth at five to seven foot. Yeah. But the vast majority of them are hanging backs in those creeks. Um, and I really think it's because, you know, a lot of those creeks in the Pamlico river in the backs of them, it's a lot deeper. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if there's a, a couple days where it's 60, 70 degrees and the water temp warms up, they can get out of that water pretty quick in the backs of those creeks and get in the shallower water. Yeah. And if it cools off, boom, they can get right back in the deep water.
0: So when you're looking at the, you know, the weather prediction for the weekend, what is like a, yeah. no, I'm not going, I'm not going to make the drive to fish today, or I'm definitely yeah. going to be on the water.
1: Uh, a day where I'm heck no, not going to go, not a chance. I'm making the drive. I would say if, you know, the lows are, if it's three or four consecutive days, really hard where the lows are in the low thirties or even twenties. Um, that's a definite and the water. <laughs> yeah. Water temps way down. Yeah. And then, you know, look at the wind, the wind for me, especially cause I got a little bit smaller boat. Yeah. I mean, if it's, if it's blowing, you know, out of the North, you know, 15 to 20, not going to happen for me. Yeah. Um, and it's been cold. Cause that water temp's going to drop, and it's just tough to fish. For sure. Uh, with it blowing twenty twenty five, but I mean, a day where it would be per- picture perfect um, is, and it really doesn't have to be warm for a lot of consecutive days. I would say one or two consecutive days, you know, of warming where weather. it's, yeah, warming weather. You know, in the mid to upper fifties, sixties, um, and that wind is somewhat calm. I'm gone. Yeah, definitely. I mean, for sure
0: so what is the i'm definitely picking a top water up and throwing it because you can catch fish on top water this time of year, trout especially
1: yeah you know, um what
0: water temperature do you like to see before you start throwing a top water
1: i like to see in like the upper 50s, upper 50s um, yeah, yeah. Right there i would say 60. you know yeah 58 to 60 is when i'm gonna start picking up a top water to throw it anything below that um you know I've had a few blow ups here and there, but the fish are so lethargic from what I've found. It's really, really tough to get a good topwater bite. But um, anything, you know, I feel like 60 up is like prime. Um, But I mean, I've caught fish in that 58 degree water for sure on top.
0: One thing I've noticed too, um, a lot of times on this time of year when you get that warming trend and you do throw a topwater, is a lot of times the fish that do eat it are are bigger fish like those, those oh, bigger for fish sure. will come up and eat a topwater plug sometimes yeah. before all the little ones are going after it so
1: yeah um, and i was yeah i was going to make a point you know if that's kind of if you want to catch uh, you can catch big trout you know on an MR17 you can catch a big trout on a jig head but from what i've seen in the years i've fished down there um if you want to predominantly target a big speckled trout i mean a trophy speckled trout right. topwater from what i've seen is the way to go yeah, for it for sure you're not you're probably not going to get as many hookups you're probably not going to get as many bites but if you want to catch that gator it's top water 100% top water
0: is what does it yeah, yeah i would agree 100% um and it's just a fun way to catch them you know it's, oh, fun, to go, it's fun to go out and catch 60 fish but you know if you can catch 15 fish and there's a really good chance one of them is going to be five pounds or bigger i'll probably take oh, the latter you know uh, 100% so Outside, would you say trout fishing is kind of like your your go? That's your favorite thing to do uh, around that area, as far as fishing goes. Uh,
1: this time of year, I in the in the like the later fall in the early winter, it's definitely my favorite. Um, I would say really kind of this time of year, I'm more transitioning into like the striper phase. Yeah. Um, kind of laying off the trout a little bit and hitting the stripers pretty hard. Um, which that's another thing. Yeah, let's talk um, about
0: the striper something. I yeah so striper. it's like a badass uh, trout
1: <laughs> oh 100 man they're mean they eat about everything uh they pull hard yeah. you can't go wrong with them so this time of year i've and i tr- i start to transition into striper phase cool. down there on the pamlico um and that's another thing it's kind of i mean uh, there's a handful of people that fish on the pamlico river and tar river for them but it's not it's nothing like like weldon Roanoke right, river right. where it's hit really hard um and they make the same migration. They're not quite as many fish that move up, but from what I've found, um, I've caught a lot nicer, the consecutive nice, you know, twenty-four plus inch fish on the tar. Yeah. I've, I catch a lot more of those than I do on the red oak. For sure. Do you um, think there's more and,
0: fish of that size, or there's less little ones? Do you, do you have an Less, little, less fish. little fish. Less little fish. I think there's
1: less little fish. Gotcha. Um, but really, you know, starting probably, I would say like. Late December, early January, you can catch them. I've when they're starting to migrate up the river, I'll catch them. You know, in like the Little Washington area, any kind of deep ledge where that river kind of curves and yeah. uh, there's some narrow spots in the river. If you got good, if you have half decent sonar, you're gonna find them. Yeah. I mean, because they're stacked. I mean, from the bottom, a lot of times I'm catching. You know, that twenty, I would say probably twenty-four up to ten to fifteen foot of water. Mm-hmm. They're stacked. Up, um in like the earlier times of year this time of year if it's warm it has been kind of cold but um the warmer months or warmer times of year i've seen you're gonna catch a lot of fish kind of up in the greenville area yeah this time of year yeah. if the water temps are up and the river's low um and i would say one of my favorite baits in the greenville area i've got one right here um is a spro it's an mc stick i don't know if you ever fished any i haven't these. fished this, that
0: no that, that's a that's okay. good looking bait though
1: yeah it's the and, and this is the greenville MC, colors it's the, <laughs> oh, yeah, ECU, baby. ECU, yeah. <laughs> um, so this is uh, probably my favorite bait. It's really, really similar to like a Rapala X-Wrap.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, that's a really popular bait. This is one is a little more expensive, but for, from what I've found with this bait, it's got a little bit bigger lip. I don't know if you can see it on there. A yeah. little bit more of kind of a slope on the lip, so it dives a little bit farther. And then kind of upper in the Greenville area, there's a lot of snags. And from what I've found over the years with that bigger lip is it, it's got a little more angle when it's diving. So I can bounce off of some of those snags a little easier than with an X-Wrap. Yep. Um, and what depth and are
0: you fishing with that bait for the most part?
1: It, this bait will run anywhere from about four to seven four foot. Four to seven foot, uh, okay. Yeah. I mean, I fish, when the fish get up that far in the river, um, I mean, shoot, some of the, some of the breaks I'm fishing, some of the holes I'm fishing are 20, 25 foot deep up there, yeah. but um, th- those stripers, they come up. I mean, oh, they're, yeah. they're so mean and aggressive. I mean, they might be at 15 or 20 foot, but they see that bait and They'll they're coming Yeah. yeah.
0: That, that's cool. I, I want to share one thing that I found. So I was fishing last year, um, in the noose. Okay. And we were marking some fish around a bunch of snags, a bunch of fish though. So we're sitting outside swinging like soft plastics through there. I don't know yep. why I just thought about this. And we, but we were snagging and breaking off so many soft plastics. We were catching fish. But, I mean, every fifth yeah. cast we were breaking off a of soft plastic. And so my buddy had done this before. And he's like, let's try this. Let's get directly up current of these fish. And we put on deep diver plugs. And we mm-hmm. spot locked the trolling motor above them. And we threw down past them and rolled the deep diver plugs through them and when we were getting you know bites in that area we could kind of jig the deep diver plug right in their face yeah and then we're i mean that we were we started smashing them like that it was it was really it was a way i'd never fished for him and it was very very effective he might shoot me if i said that on, on here how, how he caught them like that but, <laughs> but have you ever done any of that like sitting above them with it the, like it's like it's almost like back trolling if you will but you're still yeah. reeling the bait in
1: yeah, I've done some of that when the river's um, up a little bit. And there's some of um, our rivers
0: you can't do, you can't fish trebles in, and so that gets kind of hard to do. But yeah, um, so
1: the tar, tar you can. Um, I know you can't keep the fish in the tar yeah. anymore. Um, it's a little bit of a bummer, but for me, I'm a big catch and release guy, so it yeah. doesn't really bother me too much. But um, yeah, I've done that when the river gets a little bit higher. Um, this time of year, it's a little bit hard. The fish are a little more scattered. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I'll do some of that. Sometimes you know if I you know get a bite here and there, I might get above them, like you said, um, and just you know either tie up to a log or hit the spot like on the trolling motor or something, and just cast in that certain area. Yeah. Um, but for the most part, if the river's low, I kind of j- I like to drift, man.
0: Yeah, I like to drift and fish.
1: Yeah, sure. and I'll hit you know a two hundred two to three hundred yard section, and if I catch you know four or five fish in it, I'm gonna go right back up and fish that, that same section. Again. Yeah, yeah, definitely.
0: So what is the, what are some of the other baits you like to fish for for the striper?
1: For the stripers, that far up in the river, um, the X-Raps, the spros are big. Um, I'll throw a jig head every once in a while. Like you said, though, it's tough to throw a jig head just because there's so many snags. Um, I found, you know, your harder baits with a lip on them, uh, you can bounce off some of those snags a little bit easier yeah. than with a jig head. Yeah. Um, so really It's funny how that it. works
0: because you think with trebles, yeah. like you'd be in snags so much more, but it's, it's not exactly. the fact. Not the truth. Yeah. But. Um,
1: and then every once in a while I'll, you know, I'll cut bait fish for them. Yep. But for me, the artificial is the way to go. It's, I don't know, it's way more exciting of a bite. Yeah, for sure.
0: sure. For sure. So if you were to cut bait fish for them, how do you set up for
1: that? Um, so I'll find, uh, I'll find a deep hole, uh, in the river. Really, if I can find a deep hole, you know, anywhere from, I would say the average depth in that river above Greenville it's probably seven or eight foot. Okay. Um, and in some of those bins, you know, it'll get 18 to 20 foot deep. And in a lot of those bins, I'll, I'll find a hole, you know, 18, 20 foot deep and set up a, on top of a, a, on top of that hole. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, have three or four cut bait rods out, um, and just sit them right there on the bottom in, in that hole. Yeah. Um, and I'll usually fish Carol, I mean, a simple Carolina rig with like a four, three to four out circle hook. Okay. How many is ounces usually
0: using to get it down there?
1: Uh, if the river's low ounce to ounce and a half, okay. if the river's, you know, up a little bit, uh, I mean, I've fished from two to three ounces at the most. Two to three ounces.
0: And, and one more question about this cut bait. What are you, what, what, what are you using usually for cut bait?
1: Um, I'll, on a, I'll use brim, anything fresh really. Yeah. They're not too picky. Um, I found white shad are pretty good. Um, cut brim, um, that's probably really my main two. Every yeah. once in a while, you know, if catch a small brim, I'll throw a whole live small brim yeah. down there. Um, you can catch some nicer fish, but the the white shad and cut brim is normally my two go tos oh. if I get that. Right on, man. But That's yeah. some
0: good information. I've I've been itching so bad to get up there and fish those rivers, and I've been up and fished the noose a couple times for trout around Newburn and a little south of New or a little yeah. river of Newburn, but I haven't haven't gotten up. I've got a buddy who kayak fishes. He films a bunch of. He actually makes his living on YouTube. And uh, he's been going up there and fishing a blade, bladed jig for, okay. for uh striper. He's, but he's been whacking like crappy striper, but not as many striper. That's what he really wants. But he's been catching like limits of crappy and white perch. And no then, kidding. like every day he's, he's been up there four times and he's caught multiple fish, bass, largemouth bass over five pounds.
1: Dang, both man. Both
0: days. And then a couple striper usually each day. But this is like the, one of the fishiest guys I know, like he, but he's he's yeah. all about that vertical jigging like everything he does whether it's in the ocean in the backwaters in the rivers like he's always above his bait jigging and yeah. that's what I suck at like that's what I want to get really good at yeah the-
1: and i found you can do some of that or like uh like late december early january in uh-huh. the lower t- lower tar like mouth of the tar Yeah, he's, he's further die. down he's like i think yeah.
0: right where that fresh starts fresh yeah
1: that's where, where i found you can do some of that vertical jigging um like earlier in the year down there when you can run over top them with the sonar and you find them really stacked, yeah. um, you can hit them vertical jigging. Uh, which like you said, though, I, I don't know. I, I don't prefer to catch them that way. It's kind of boring. No, I'm <laughs> with you. I like, but, I like your style way
0: better and that's what I want to do as well. But when they're not doing that, it's like, I just want to be, I want to have confidence in all of it, but it's like, yeah. you almost have to pick your little, your, your niches of like, all right, this is what I'm going to focus on. If you try to like do too much, you start to thin out on what you're good at too. So,
1: Oh, for sure. Yeah. You can't do it all. No doubt. Well, that's awesome,
0: man. Well, let's, uh, let's go back to this real quick. We're, we're almost at 30 minutes here and and we're going to try to keep these, the weekend warrior series. It's kind of a lame name, but, um, weekend warrior series at at around 30 minutes. But if you could, if you could share with people that, you know, don't get as much time on the water and want to be effective Mm -hmm. with a small amount they have, like what would be your one big tip for them? Um, if they're going to, you know, want to be, try to be more effective?
1: Oh, that's a great question, man. Um, if you need, I, if
0: you, I would
1: say, you know, you just, uh, you got to go. Man. Yeah. Like, don't be afraid to go. Um, you know, if the, even if the conditions are kind of mediocre, like the way I learned was just going, I mean, you know, I, you can read all the reports you want online. um, you can do all the research you can, but ultimately, man, if you don't just go fish, it's it's so hard to learn. Yeah. Um, and you know, some day, some weekends, I mean, it might suck. You know, you might get down there and it's blowing twenty five. But I mean, ultimately, that's really that's how I learned. Yeah. I mean, just being on the water.
0: Yeah. There's no better time than than to learn than being on the water. I was yeah. talking with uh with Richard Andrews. He he just wrote an article on the Lower Roanoke fishing for our, yeah. for our blog. And, uh, you know, he was, he was sharing how, you know, some people don't want to share the secrets and the tips and all this stuff, but he's like, man, it really doesn't matter because 99% of people are going to spend so much time reading and doing all this stuff and then never go apply it. You've got to apply it and you've got to apply it multiple times until it starts to make a pattern for sure, and you start to figure out what's going on. I mean, hours on the water are the best. Um, and, and then inspirations like you of someone who, who, who just gets a few hours a week on the water and, and, and is, and is making it productive, man. That's, that's, what's cool to see. So. Um,
1: yeah. And you know, it's not every weekend. I mean, I don't go down there and crush fish, you know, every weekend. Um, but I mean, every weekend I don't go as a guarantee I'm not going to catch yeah, fish. Exactly. Yeah.
0: <laughs> exactly. Can't catch them from the couch. No, you definitely can't catch them from the couch. Well, man, thanks so much for coming to the podcast and looking forward to doing some fishing together this spring and, um, hopefully, uh, having you on for another podcast sometime
1: absolutely man look forward to it um and you know you got a free weekend coming up or something let's link up and hit the Yeah, man
0: i would love to i would love to well guys thanks for tuning in to another episode of eastern current i think yeah this was episode 35 is what it was so it's only going to be available on the podcast platforms and on youtube um and on our website which will be linked uh both the podcast and the youtube version of this but but thanks so much connor for coming on and we will uh we will see y'all in the next episode later